0: Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I'm Gina, your host, and this is the podcast where we enjoy the delightful, empowering conversations about our connection with our past lives and the divine, the divine out there and the divine inside each and every one of us. And we have these conversations um, and we do these things for healing to making every day a little bit more enjoyable. And then of course we do it, for a little entertainment because that's a valid reason to do something. So in today's episode, episode number 27, I am going all the way back to the end of 2015 where I did a session. I was the client and I did a life between lives session. So I'm going to break that down. I, I um, took me a while to find the notes from that session and I finally found them. And I'm so happy I did. But if you, want a little more on life between lives. Um, In this episode, I'm going to give a short description of what it is. I'll get into that after the intro here. But if you want even more information, you can always hop over to episode 17. Um, That's where I facilitated a session with my friend and she talked about um, that part of the life between lives where we're picking our physical form. It's kind of like our bodies plus our personalities really good episode uh really good learnings that i think a lot of us can learn from um, without necessarily having to experience it and so go check that out if you want more information on that so in today's episode i'm going back to a life between lives session that i had as a client at the end of 2015 and i'll talk about the questions i had why i did it you know how i do every time i break down a session give you way too many details (laughs) So you'll really love this episode if you liked episode 17 with my friend Des. We did that Life Between Lives session and an interview about it. And so if you're at all curious about that realm, about what happens there, about what can happen there, I think you'll really like this episode. So before we dive in today, I wanna just say thank you so much. There's been a little wave of people sending their reviews to Apple um, or clicking the reviews or writing a review in Apple. And I am, even though I ask every single episode at least once, I am always so delightfully surprised when people actually do it. (laughs) So I read every one of them. I, a lot of times, if you're a past client or if you're a listener who I've had contact with either via email or Instagram, I don't, for whatever reason, like the name that's submitted with the review doesn't really typically resonate with anyone else's name that I remember or am familiar with, but I just wish that I could hug every single one of you that write in a review or even who just, you know, click the review or or the five-star rating, I should say. So if you're interested in doing that, I would really appreciate it. So if you're like, I love this podcast, I listen to it all the time, or I just started listening to it and you want to support me in this work, that's a really easy, free way that you can support me in doing this podcast and so all you do is you go to Apple which I think the majority of my listens come listeners come through Apple but find past lives in the divine on the Apple podcast app which you're probably on already click the three dots if that's what it still looks like if you're listening in the future and just say go to show once you get to the podcast show past lives and the divine then you'll scroll down and you'll click the five stars maybe type a little review if you have something nice to say, I would really appreciate that. So thank you in advance. And thank you to every single person who has written a review or clicked the five stars. I, I really appreciate it, even though it is, you know, just a tiny amount of time. I mean, you could do it in literally one minute. I, I know that We don't often do those things, so I appreciate it. So the latest review that I have as of right now, it's from Life of the Garden Party. Like a good friend, Gina keeps me company throughout my day. While I'm cleaning, stretching, driving, she has so many interesting things to say and has really spoken to where I am in my life. Thanks, Gina, for all you do. Oh my gosh, I feel the same way. I think it's so uh, cool, such a cool experience because I'm such an avid podcast listener when I hear of someone... Else. And I do the same thing like when I'm driving, when I'm folding laundry, sometimes um, even if I'm mowing the lawn because our lawnmower is really quiet. And it's like, I'm always listening to podcasts, pulling weeds, you know, all of these things. And it's like, if this person only knew where I was listening to this, I wonder if they'd be like, huh, interesting. And so when I hear other people doing those things, I'm like, oh, I'm there with you. I love that. All right. Um, yes. So please leave a review. It's a really simple way to show your support. And I really, really appreciate every single one of you. Okay. (sighs) gather around the fire. Let's get started. The life between lives. Okay. So really the short answer to what is the life between lives is if you're someone who believes in reincarnation, then exploring the life between lives or using that method of healing or that method of self-exploration, when we do that, then we're accessing information, knowledge, memories of the life in between those lives on earth, the space and time where we go. And it's my belief that When we enter the life in between lives, kind of the first order of business is a sort of like processing of the previous life. And that would include like um, any like, if it was a really traumatic life, you might need to do some deep soul healing or rejuvenation. We look back and we really analyze like, what was our plan going into that life and how did we kind of measure up and how did we make the people feel around us? And it's really just a time to reflect and process that life and heal from that past life. And then it's my belief that that um, then we kind of switch gears and we go to a space where we're now preparing or eventually we move to a space where we prepare to come back to Earth, come back to um, we're preparing for incarnation again. And because I believe that the whole point of life on Earth is to, like, learn and grow as a soul, um, I think that it's at this time that we're deciding how we want to learn and grow. And then based on that, we're setting up soul contracts between us and another soul to help us mutually learn and grow. And just for the record, if you have a soul contract with someone that doesn't necessarily mean it's like a lifetime thing, it can be a very short relationship, it can be a long relationship, it can be somewhere in between. Uh, The soul contract could encourage growth through love and kindness and compassion and delight and love, or it could be a soul contract to create growth and change um, through like destruction, (laughs) burning down your life as you know it, or making um, an issue that you have just something that you can no longer stuff, like you have to deal with it. So I believe that it's in this life between life space before we incarnate, where we make these decisions. And within these decisions is like why we're choosing our parents, maybe why we're choosing this specific life with these specific people. Uh, It might be a question as to like, um, or not a question, but that's one of the questions that we can ask, right? So everything that we're doing in this space in the life between lives, then in a Life Between Lives session, you could go and ask questions about it, right? Like, why did I choose this physical body? And why did I choose this personality? And why did I choose this family? Um, And who is my, you know, this friend that I'm super close with have, just feel really magnetized to them. You know, who are they to me? So it's it's a time when we're setting up the players in life, you know, our vehicle, our physical form, our personality, the lessons we want to learn. And so I think that it's this part of the life between lives session that can offer a lot of healing in terms of like seeing like the bigger picture of evolution as to like why we would have chosen certain things in our life or why we feel such an right. Like I could ask like, why did I choose to be a twin? Which is a question I asked. Uh, why did I choose my parents? Why did I choose this life? Like, these are all the things that we can ask about in that space of that session. And all of these things can kind of give us this bigger picture of like, here's why you did it. And to me, it, it can kind of dis, it can make me feel appreciative if it's a difficult relationship. It can make me feel appreciative for that relationship. It can kind of reignite, motivation to like work on myself to work through that connection if it's triggering me somehow you know how am I gonna work through this with that person how am I gonna work through it on my own you know where the boundaries here all of these things are a part of soul growth and I think when we have that bigger picture idea of like why we chose the life we chose it can help us to sometimes when we understand why something is it just that understanding is enough to like let go and stop wondering worrying stressing about it and and to me that that is so number one it's entertaining to go get that information but then just in getting that information it can relieve a lot of stress tension worry within us which is so valuable because that part of us touches every part of our day it's it's exactly you know it's who we are and so just having that that you know anxiety about something in your life kind of alleviated giving you a certain amount of understanding can be enough to like kind of have it be a non-issue moving forward sometimes it gives you just a little bit of peace right like enough peace where you can engage with it easier enough peace where it doesn't make you regret something for weeks. Maybe um, it releases a little guilt or shame, or it can just give you a different point of view that helps you move through the situation or the relationship or that phase of your life with just a little bit more ease. And I think that that to me is a real value of the Life Between Lives session. It's also a space where you can not only ask the bigger questions about like, why did I choose these parents? And why did I choose this life? Or... Um, but you can also ask more specific things about different relationships, whether it is in your immediate family or it's in like friendships or coworkers or like a type of person that you always attract. Like I know a woman who always attracts the same kind of bosses and managers and they're all kind of similar to her dad. So whether they're like male or female, so uh, getting off track, of course, but my point is, it's like, even if you notice a theme of people coming in and out of your life, um, whether it's people you're working with or people you're dating or whatever it is, um, you can kind of um, not only examine a relationship with a specific person a little bit more closely, but you can also do like an archetype. Like I always attract this kind of person or this kind of person really bothers me or whatever it is. So it's just a really cool tool. And just like past life regression, it's just another way to get to know yourself. And getting to know yourself, I believe is such a great way to try to make your life feel easier, right? Because like if I don't have a fucking clue who I am, how do I know what boundaries to put in place? How do I know what decision to make, what action to take? And so the more we know ourselves on that soul level, on a deeper level, the more the more we can make decisions, big or small in our life, we make those decisions easier. But not only that, the impact of those decisions, you know, whether we take this job or date this person or commit to this lifestyle or buy this house. All of those things, if we know ourselves more and more, we're going to make more and more decisions that, that um, create a life that like really nourishes and fulfills our soul as opposed to not knowing who we are and always wondering why we feel like shit and always wondering why we're triggered. And it's because we don't get to know ourselves. And so we, you know, make decisions that are more in alignment with the capitalistic society that we live in, as opposed to our soul and our soul evolution. Because when we're trying to make things easier, oftentimes we think, well, I just need more money. Well, I just need to live here. Well, I just need to have someone in my life that does this. And really it's, um, that could be valid for sure, but it's not always the fix, right? Just like everything else, it's always like, It could be the external but you could do one thing and i could do one thing and we can be doing it for totally different reasons and be enjoying the results in totally different ways (laughs) so it's it's just the more we can get to know ourselves i think is just incredibly beneficial in our life on earth okay so that is a little bit about it episode 17 of this podcast uh like i said before i have my friend on the podcast and i go a little bit more into more description a different description and a different time for me i did not listen to that episode again to see what i covered i just figured it would all work out um so go ahead and check that episode out if you haven't and if you're listening to this and you like interested in it that's another more information another example of it So also what I want to say is um, I have, since I started this podcast, I've been um, like, I got to have my life between lives episode or session breakdown on an episode. And I could not, I can't find the recording, which I'm super bummed about, but I do have the notes from the session. And I do have, I feel like a pretty clear memory of the session because I think about it a lot. Um, But it was interesting looking at the notes that Eric Christopher, who facilitated the session, took notes and um, looking through his notes again, there were things that I didn't remember. But as soon as I read the note, I remembered them, which is also why I give my clients the notes that I take, because it can be just really easy to forget tiny details. But the moment you see it written in a note, it's like, oh, yeah, I totally remember And it just adds layers to those memories and those lessons. So ever since I started doing this podcast, I knew I wanted to do this episode, could not find the audio anywhere, but then I finally found my notes. Yes, thankful that I found them. So one of the reasons why I kind of lit a fire under my own self was because I wanted to do this session or um, dive into this session and for my own, not only for the podcast, but I wanted to dive into it because this winter, I'm actually going to be doing a Life Between Lives certification. So I will be like officially legit certified to do it, which I'm super excited about. So you might be like, what the hell? You're not cert- certified, but you did one and you did a podcast episode on it. Right. So it Life Between Lives, this method, this type of therapy is... It's a form of hypnosis. So it's essentially um, My understanding is that a life between lives is Just like a little bit deeper hypnosis than say a past life regression Just like a past life regression is a little bit deeper hypnosis than like smoking cessation So it's it's just another technique another way to do it. And so while I have not been trained in it um, I have had my own session and just with my past life regression training and my other hypnosis training that I have, um, I felt like, you know, I'm going to give it a crack. And so when Des, my friend who's in episode 17, when her and I were chatting before, I mean, we were like on a walk as friends. It wasn't like part of the session or anything. But one of the reasons why we did it was because the, what we were talking about on that walk is what she did her session on. And it was just like understanding her connection and being more compassionate, being more of an ally, it's how I remember it. I don't know if those were the exact words, but um, to her physical body. So she wanted to, and so when she was saying that and talking about that and her and I were talking about it, uh, we're both identify as women in this world. So most women, I, I feel like deal with this on some level, if not most people in general. Um, But it seems like especially if you grew up as like identifying or identified as like more feminine, then for sure. And so when we were talking, I was like, oh, you know, what would be so good is if you did a Life Between Lives session. And so I shared with her like what my Life Between Lives session was about or what that is. And she was like, and I was like, I'd be willing to try it if you would be. Because the way I remember the Life Between Lives session going down and because you remember everything in hypnosis, and um, just my techniques that I use and just things that I've learned like in trainings and then things that I've learned working with clients looking for answers is I have gotten some of the answers that people want when they seek out a Life Between Lives session. I've been able to get those answers with my clients um, having a conversation with their spirit guides at the end of a past life regression. So I felt like, you know, it in my mind, it somehow kind of overlaps and I wanted to test it out. And Des is the only one that I've facilitated a Life Between Lives session for. Um, it's not something I'm going to, I don't, I'm not trained in it. So I don't, I don't know what those techniques are, but you know what? I'm going to find out this winter and I'm really excited. And so if you are on my email list, as soon as I'm certified, I'll be taking clients for Life Between Lives sessions and Um, and so if you're not on my email list, you should hop over there. If you're interested, you can just go to past lives and the divine slash subscribe. So, uh, if you're interested in that, but a life between lives session is, is one that you would first be required to do a past life regression with me, if you were going to do it with me. And that's actually pretty typical is my understanding with hypnotists, hypnotherapists is when, someone is coming in for a life between life session, at least the way I'll be trained is that they should have experience with a past life regression. And that's just simply so that they can kind of get comfortable with the process and, and get comfortable with how that information comes in. And if you think of, um, in the way I do things, everyone varies, everyone's different, but the way I do things an initial past life regression with a client takes anywhere between like an hour and 45 minutes to like two hours and 15 minutes. Some are a little longer, some are a little shorter, but that's kind of the spot there, right? So we'll say two, two and a half hours. And a life between live session is about four hours. So I think it's not only getting the client used to the process, how and how they how that information comes into them, but I also think it's kind of like a like a mental training. Um, you certainly could, probably wouldn't be a deal breaker, but that's a long time to be doing anything that requires so much presence and mindfulness. And so I would, I personally, as a facilitator, would just feel more comfortable if I abided by those guidelines as well as when. Um, If you're going to do a life between lives session, that's reserved for people who, who have done a past life regression with me just because that that thought of like, first, you got to kind of get used to the process and what comes in the process and how you feel in the process. That all makes sense that you would know that before starting out on a, you know, four hour life between lives journey. Uh, and that's the way I feel right now. Maybe I'll feel different someday. So if you're ever wondering, you can just um, email me and let me know. And I'll let you know if that changes. But um, yes, so I'll be getting certified this winter. So if you're interested, hop on that email list and you'll be the first to know. And if you're interested and you've never done a past life regression with me, you should hurry up and do that past life regression with me. And you can find all that information at past Lives and the divinecom Let's get into these session details. Okay, so my Life Between Lives session that I did, and this was in December of 2015. The facilitator is Eric Christopher, and he lives and works in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I have done many past life regressions with him. I have only done one Life Between Lives with him, and I went into it, I had found out about the life between lives type of therapy from, I don't know, I probably, it's the seed at least, started with Eric Christopher when I started going to him for past life regressions. He's really great at, at, you know, taking whatever your intention is, whatever it is that you're thinking about or working on, and really good at being like, here, take this book and read it. And he'll like pull the book off the shelf and he's like, When you're done with it, just drive by and drop it off at my front door. (laughs) And so he had given me a lot of book recommendations. And I believe within that, or I'm almost certain it was him, was Michael Newton, who's written quite a few books. But his two books, Destiny of Souls and Journey of Souls, was where I started there. And I actually specifically remember, this is so weird how memory works, But I listened to one of those books, it was like 20 hours long, such a long book. And I remember it was October of 2015 and I was painting my bedroom in the condo that we used to live in, in the North Loop or downtown Minneapolis. And I just remember for, you know, the whole book, I was just like painting and painting and just listening to, I was so absorbed in those stories. I mean, I felt like I could see what these people were seeing because I was doing such a monotonous task of painting. And even the paint, I was painting white on a white wall. You know, I was just like, it was so clear. Like I could see what they were seeing. I felt like, you know as we do when we like listen to any audiobook and kind of paint a picture in our imagination it was after listening to that book that i was like i need to schedule this session for me <laughs> so that's how i learned about the life between lives i hadn't known anyone personally who did it i knew that eric that was one of the services he provided so of course i went to go back to him and had that done my intention for the session was Typically, this is always my intention for anything I do, but it was really just to experience the modality and then just if I could learn more about who I was as a soul, which that's I feel like that's at least one part of the guarantee of this work is like you're going to go somewhere and see something if you choose to engage with it, it'll teach you something about yourself. And really, that's that's kind of the underlying theme to all of these things, I believe, like past life regression, hypnosis, life between lives therapy. So that was my goal. And then in that was also like if I could get a little more specific, it was like to gain with the intention of like specifically getting to know myself, but getting to know myself, getting that knowledge and have it be knowledge that will help me you know, feel more joyful in my daily life, like at that time in my life. And then um, when you come for a past life regression, I don't exactly remember the process Eric used, and I'll learn all about it this winter in my certification training, but there were a specific number and type of question that he wanted me to bring. So I think it was, something it must have been like 10 or 12 questions that I had about myself as a soul, my spirit guides, my soul group, specific people in my life, kind of like if you think of your life and maybe, you know, say the 10 people closest to you were like a cast of characters, you could ask about them. So the questions are just to help him uh, lead his clients or help the facilitator lead the client through that life between lives area it's I don't know, I'd imagine that it's just like a very rich, full of experience, full of things we've never experienced before. Yet when we experience them, they feel familiar, which makes it even more interesting. So a lot to be experienced in that realm. It's my understanding that these questions, you know, like these 12 questions or 10 questions that you bring really help the facilitator to like guide like, okay, well, what do you want to see? Let's, let's kind of he helps or the facilitator helps you get those answers. So these are the questions that I gave to Eric so he could help me find those answers. So, uh, it was quite, and I'll dig into this at the end when we get to it, but the questions were, what are the lessons of this life? This life as Gina slash kind of like, why did I choose it? Uh, who is my guide? And, um, it was really. I remember being in a state when I asked that question. Was like, uh, growing up Catholic, I don't identify as Catholic, but I do love me some historical or channeled information on Jesus. Not, not the you know Pauline Christianity version of Jesus necessarily, but and I do like the idea of a guardian angel. And so I was like, dear God, tell me I have one because I feel like I don't and I feel like that could really help me. So I just said, who is my spirit guide? Like, how often are they around? What's our connection like? How can I get more information from them? Uh, How do I know when I'm making like the right decision for me? Is that something I should feel in my body? Is this something I should go to my spirit guides about? What's my purpose in this life? And then it was like, how can I be a great partner to Alex? Um, I feel like he's such a great partner to me that, of course, I'm always like, oh, God, I'm probably the one lagging behind. So that was really important was like I wanted to learn a little bit more about Alex as a soul, just in the sense of like, how can I, um, I guess, support his soul the best in this world? And then at the time, I was still in my wellness career and I was really transitioning from being like a wellness coach, like one on one, that sort of thing and transitioning to a corporate consultant. So I was taking my wellness program and implementing it at work sites and that sort of thing. And I just felt I could feel. okay. in hindsight, I can see now there was hesitation, like on a soul level of kind of like leaning away from that, but I was just really in a phase in my life where I was just like, I don't know what's going to make me happy. I this wellness work used to really make me happy doesn't make me happy anymore so I'm gonna follow the money which is why I went to be a corporate consultant as opposed to like a one-on-one wellness coach and I felt like I had been working as a corporate consultant for years before that but it was never the focus of my business and this I was really like making the intention to like focus on that, make a lot of money, because like I said, I was not fulfilled in my wellness career. I didn't like that work anymore. And so then it just at the time made sense to me, like I didn't consciously register that necessarily, but it was just like, I need to follow the money. Like, where's the money? Oh. And now in hindsight, I can see it's like, oh, because you were so empty, you thought money was going to fill it. Silly you. <laughs> it's often not that easy, even though making money's often not easy. Okay, uh, so I was wondering, like, with this transition, I didn't want to block myself in this business, which is so funny. Now looking back on it, since I essentially stopped blocking myself and then burned that business down. And then I wanted advice for a bad day. So there were times at that point in my life and for many years before that, where I was on a conscious path of evolution, but would really get caught in these funks of like, sometimes they would last like months. And it would be, it would be what I would call like, different versions of depression that I've had, different versions of anxiety that I've had. Um, And, and it was like, I would get in these funks where I could tell that it wasn't necessarily like, oh, anxiety is coming for me. It was like, I can't stop my thoughts from creating anxiety. And it was like at that point on my conscious evolution, when I went to do this session, I was far enough on my soul evolution that I could see that I was doing this to myself with my thoughts, but I couldn't get out of it. And so I was like, can someone somewhere (laughs) out in the ethers tell me what do I do when I am like believing my inner shit talker. And yeah, so maybe a good, a better space, headspace to describe that was like, instead of just believing my inner shit talker and not even realizing that that person is talking, I was at a space where I was able to observe the inner shit talker and for the most part, I was able to ignore it and move on. But there were some days where something would happen. And I don't know what external or internal. And I would just like believe everything that it had to say. Now, I feel like five years later, if I were to um, reflect on that, I would say, oh, that inner shit talker isn't around most of the time. Not only do I not really listen to it, but it's just not there. But every once in a while, It is there and now the difference is is that when it's there that's the bad day not just that it's always there and I believe it on my bad days it's like now the bad day is just that inner shit talker is like talking I'm not necessarily believing it but it's bringing me down so what's so cool is like so even though now I now I'll have like instead of bad months or weeks I'll have like a bad few hours and in between that and The time, you know, it's like progressively gotten less and less is what I'm trying to say. So instead of lasting months, eventually it started lasting weeks and then days. And now it's just like hours and I don't feel that inner shit talker there anymore. But man, when I would be in that, that time in my life, and this was probably for maybe a couple decades, but this time where I would just be believing what that inner shit talker would say. Like, I've never felt so low in my life. And just on my journey at that time, it was just like, someone tell me something to get me through that or out of it or help prevent it. Like, fucking help because it's so uncomfortable. Okay, so those were my questions. And let's get into the session. So again, Eric Christopher was facilitating and... I was the client and this was December of 2015. So the first part of a life between lives session is you actually do see scenes from a past life, which as someone who facilitates past life regressions and has been a client in a life between lives, I'm like, why do I have to see a past life before I go to the life between lives? And I know that the thought is, is that you have to go through the death scene um, and then you go to the tunnel of light but why can't we just do that right away? See, that's what I'm going back and forth on. But I'll learn, probably I'll learn why people don't do that in my certification training. All the questions, I'm just always filled with great questions, (laughs) great for me. Okay, so I was um, in this past life, so we start this Life Between Life session, I was in a past life. And in this opening scene, I was, in tall grass feeling kind of lost and I could tell I had blonde hair and there was like we were in this tall grass I was feeling lost and for me I don't see something it's like I know it and the moment I say it to the facilitator then I can kind of see it and so i'm in tall grass and i just kind of feel lost and then eventually in this opening scene i see that i'm part of the military and i'm with the military like i don't know what this group of military people are called but we're like walking through this tall grass and there's i don't know 50 60 military people and that was the opening scene and then in this space, I noticed this other man beside me, and his energy really kind of st- stuck out. And he he felt like a brother to me. Um, and when I say his energy stuck out, when I'm doing when I'm facilitating a fast past <laughs> past life regression, and Eric does a similar thing, is that when someone's in with other people, especially like a crowd of people. It's this idea of like kind of stepping back from being in that scene and instead observing the energy of the people around you and finding anyone who sticks out for any reason. And it might stick out for no reason that you know right now, but it's like, I don't know, that woman just sticks out to me. Or sometimes um, it sticks out because it's a very familiar feeling, right? So if you think about someone that you have a lot of feelings for in this life, and if you were to take away what they look like, what they do, what they sound like, you know, what they act like, and instead just feel the feeling you have for them or that you get for them, whether it's a positive or a negative, just like a strong feeling, that's usually uh, the connection between your souls in that past life. So anytime I've, quote, seen Alex in a past life, he doesn't look like Alex. He's. He feels like Alex. It's the same. He, he sends the same kind of energy my way. And I feel the same way about him. And the energy that I get from him is always the same life after life after life. And some people will see it and be like, oh, it looks like my dad. Or, oh, big blue eyes like my friend Gail or whatever it is. But most people, they're not. I don't know, even the people who I've worked with who say that they're particularly visual in just the way that they describe things, I can tell that they're visual. But even they oftentimes, when they recognize a familiar soul in a past life from their current life, it's it's always seems to be most often a feeling rather than the way someone looks. So that said, I believe Eric probably had asked me in that session, like, does anyone stick out? And it was the man who was beside me in this field. We're in the military together. And he felt, like, close, like, emotionally close, like a brother. But he wasn't my brother. And we, when we were together, like, we just laughed all the time. Like, I could just feel this real lightness and laughter and just... Like, if life outside of the connection between me and that friend was black and white, then the color, then, like, the connection between us was just, like, full-on, like, psychedelic colors. It was like the way I felt around him was just incredibly ignited. There was just a real contrast there between how I felt as a person in that world with those people feeling kind of lost doing something in this tall grass and then the way I felt like my emotions just like through the roof when I thought of him like in a good way and I think something that I talk about I don't know if I talk about it a lot on the podcast or just in my daily life, but I think a lot of times when people feel this like strong magnetism towards someone. Oh yeah, I was just talking about it in the last episode with Shanna talking about her past life regression. But it's really just, it's like when people feel this magnetism from another person, if they're the gender that you typically couple up with, we often think like, this is my romantic interest. This is the person I'm supposed to be with. And it's not necessarily always the case. Maybe like half the time. I think that we can feel completely magnetically drawn to people who aren't a a romantic interest. But just in the culture that we live in, in this world today, that's just, we chalk that up to like, oh, if you feel really attracted to someone, it's like a romantic thing. And it's not always... And this past life scene, this um, connection that I had as a man in the military with this other man in the military, it didn't feel romantic at all in this scene. And actually it comes out in the other scene or in other scenes, which I'll come back to this connection that I had between them. But we just felt, I felt really magnetized to him. He made me feel so alive and light and vibrant, but it was not romantic at all. And that, like I said, that connection is kind of like a thing later, so I'll come back to it. But it was really a time in my life where I started to notice, like, my, I I say attraction, but that is just dripping with, like, romance, I feel like. So my, like, feelings of being magnetized to certain people, and I was like, because I had that memory of that past life where I was really magnetized to this man and it wasn't romantic, It started me waking up to people who are not romantic, no matter what their gender is. And it started kind of waking me up more and more to the connection I feel between us or the connection I feel to them, or like the energy I feel like they're giving me. And and it really just opened up like, oh, attraction is actually something that we should pay attention to in every relationship not just when we're seeking out a romantic relationship and it was just you know not part of my intentions not part of my conscious goals But just another gift that like past life regression is is that life is so layered so nuanced there's so much going on in any given moment and it's just another way to like we can just pick up so much more than we actually think and it's another reason why i would love to think i'm that creative, or that we're all that creative. But most people who come out of a past life regression, a past life experience, they're like, there's no way I could have made that up. It was way too detailed, way too layered. And the same is true here. Like I really took that out of this session. And I pay attention to that. Like when I'm when something feels off in a friendship, like if if it just feels off, but I can't logically, everything that person is doing is logically checking all the boxes of appropriate behavior it really helped me to like, hey, pay attention to this connection is huge. Like, are you feeling it? Are you not feeling it? And and that that vibrancy, that connection that we can feel from romantic love is actually if we let it and we pay attention to it, we can feel that like in friendships, too, in work relationships, in business partnerships, in, you know, there's just, it, I just think it, it really woke me up to that. It was interesting, you know, a one-second detail. <laughs> and I'm talking about it five years later. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so also in that scene, I was aware of, um like, a little bit of a homesick feeling. And in my memory of it, it was almost like if if I were, like, turning toward the man who I felt real um, good energy with, real magnetized to, really attracted to, when I, it's almost like when I turned toward him, I felt like so alive, so vibrant, so wonderful. And like, if I turned away from him, you know, whether physically or just with my consciousness, and I started to feel like blah, kind of homesick. And so then Eric, had asked some questions in regards to my homesickness. Like, why do you feel homesick? Who are you with, right? Who would you leave at home? And really, uh, so in examining my home life, I could see that I had a wife and she was happy and I was happy and I was happy to be with her and I enjoyed my life. But the happiness that I felt there was very muted and just... A lot quieter than the happiness the vibrancy just the aliveness that I felt when I was focusing on the connection with that man my friend the guy who was in the army with me standing beside me so it's my understanding that this was about 1860s England Um, we were being shot at then eventually as the scene moved forward And then we were lifting a wounded person. So, so we were being shot at, but then just like one person was hit. And, and so then we were all like obligated to pick up this person. And then we brought them back to camp or base or some tent. Then we were like in a tent and I just felt in the action of it all. I just felt incredibly numb. And even though we were shot at and someone got shot, there we didn't see a lot of combat. It was a lot of just kind of like milling around, kind of boring. Uh, we would eat meals together. We would play games together. But it was just all pretty uneventful. And I just felt really numb, just really disconnected. And this disconnected feeling was also just, you know, just a feeling of like, Part of it was like when I looked back on my home life, even though I would have said I was happy and I did say I was happy, it was just like not as happy as I could be. It would be like if happiness was mixed with 70, you know, if a mixture was 25% happiness and 75% numbness. And then when I would think about the war and the military work that we were doing, I felt like I should be more sad and scared, but I'm not. It was almost like this feeling of, I don't know how to feel the ups or the downs. And I just felt like I had zero passion. But then when I would connect with this friend, so like in one of the scenes, as, he, as Eric moved the scene forward, in one of the times when we were eating together, it was like, we were sitting beside each other on kind of what seemed like a picnic table. And there was a ton of people, you know, everyone was sitting like shoulder to shoulder on this picnic table. So it was tight and we were sitting beside each other, but kind of facing each other. And we were laughing and having a good time and just joking around and, and him and I would like hug regularly. And I was just so happy, like, way more happy with him than I was in the military life or in my home life and I just felt like with him was the only way I could really like start to feel things like feel a lot of things and I remember thinking like during this one meal where we were kind of like playing around and like hitting each other or like you know, kind of like verbally given jabs to each other and laughing and having a good time. I remember him thinking like, if people at home could see me be this light and free, they, they wouldn't believe it. Like they wouldn't believe that I have this ability in me, this ability to like emotionally engage, be emotional at all, and just be really, really happy and playful and outgoing and vibrant and it was just this really strong feeling of like I wish I could take this somewhere else but I only get it from this person and just being like I hardly believe that I have the ability to do this I can't believe that he that he can help me feel this way and anyone in my home life would be like what who are you if they saw me acting like this like they would be like no way but we had so much fun So then, um, eventually, I didn't see this scene. But as we moved forward in that life, it's clear that this friend has died in battle. Um, He's not with me anymore. And in knowing that, that he had died and just living with the truth every day in this military life that he was not there... And it wasn't just that he was like off in a different battle or, you know, was deployed somewhere else or went home. It was just the fact like he wasn't on earth at all. And it was just another reminder of like, I wanted to scream, but I didn't. And it was just like, now everything in my life is just like muted. And I felt like I wanted to feel, but I couldn't, except when I was with him. And I just felt so disconnected because I know I should feel more, but I don't know how it was came so easy with him. And so then after the war, after all this military work, um, I was at home and just my home life was more of the same, like feeling numb. I should love my wife. I do love my wife, but I don't feel love for my wife. I don't feel like that ecstatic, vibrant joy that I felt when I was with my friend. And so then um, as the life moved forward, I had a wife and I had a kid in the same really muted joy, happiness around that life. And then we moved forward, forward into the final scene of this past life. And I was at home. Um, my son was starting to notice that maybe I was dying. Uh, and I, he was like in his 20s. I would see him often, but he also came around often because it was like everyone kind of knew for whatever reason that maybe this was the end of my life. And I was just like this old, super grumpy man, just super old. And I remember thinking as I was in bed, um, before my soul left that body was that like, my wife deserves more love than I can give. And it was just like the loudest thought in my head was like, she deserves more than I can give her. And I just felt incredibly cold. And then eventually I died. And I was like I said, in bed, I was at home. And I was alone. So as my soul left that body then i began to drift up and this is where a past life regression at least for me and what i facilitate for my clients is this is where um, we kind of gather like insights from that past life and regrets learnings all of that and then we move to a space of spiritual guidance where i take questions that the client has for their higher self or their spirit guide and then we ask them those questions and most of the time clients get questions, sometimes they don't if, if knowing right now would be a distraction, or if knowing right now would mean they wouldn't be able to figure it out on their own, maybe there's lessons in that. But most of the time we get answers to those questions and then we come back and the session is done. So in a Life Between Lives session, it's where we kind of float and I don't know a ton about how other people do it, but for me personally, I was just kind of floating out of that body and then Eric it's my memory that he had me continue to float up float up float up until like the earth is so far away that it's just like a speck of dust and then you continue to float and it's my understanding that you're then urged to like look for the light go to the light if it wasn't automatic I think it's my understanding too like everyone's Uh, the way their soul transitions out of their body and how their soul is aware of it how it takes in that information how it holds that information creates different scenes uh, for different people so for this past life and this life between live session I floated away from earth from that past life and was literally just floating in the black like just floating in the black, and when I say floating in the black, it means the only thing I knew was that I was floating, and the color around me was black. That's it, and I wish I had the recording from that, because I want to know how long I was floating in the black, because man, it felt like 10 minutes, 10 slow minutes, so I wonder if it was like really 10 10 seconds, or 2 minutes, or 20 minutes, I don't know. So floating in the black and then uh, eventually I kind of saw a light in the distance and then that light kept getting closer and closer. And now what I'll say is I'm pretty sure um, I talked about what I'm going to talk about next in my spirit guides episode because this is where I met my first spirit guide. So I went into that light and it was just like warm and bright and it was just like all around me and it just felt really really good and I was like super excited to be there just this like calm excitement I guess it wasn't like it wasn't really um I don't know didn't like rev me up excitement it was just like really calm but also really excitement and in that feeling of like feeling warm and excited I started to feel like (laughs) the difference between like I'm sitting in this room and I'm the only one excited about this. And it was changed from this feeling of being like alone and excited to this feeling of like, Oh, I feel like I'm sharing this excitement with someone. And so as I continued to move toward and into this light and down this tunnel of light, I started to notice this like mutual excitement that I was sharing in as opposed to having this experience by myself. So then Eric was like, you know, look around anyone there. And then it was like, there's this thing in front of me and and it's so seems so happy and light and it would jump and flip and jump and flip. And I was just really confused by it. And I didn't even go into a life between lives thinking or assuming I would see anything so I wasn't like looking for a spirit guide kind of like in the back of my conscious mind I was like totally open so I'm like I don't know what this thing is so Eric knowing that asked just some questions like can you tap him on the shoulder how tall is it do you feel like it's you know what gender is it Does it feel happy? Does it feel not happy? So he was asking all kinds of questions about it, is my memory. And in it, it was just like, okay, so I tap him on the shoulder. Like, he doesn't really have a shoulder, but I tap him where, like, a shoulder would be. And this being, which was very childlike energy, very pure, very, like, excited, happy, just like this innocence and purity and happiness and unassuming you know childlike in all the best ways and it was more of a masculine energy and and um I was just like whoa it like turned around and looked at me and I was like well I don't know I just wasn't expecting that and then Eric said you know, ask more questions about it. And he was so happy. And I just, I couldn't figure out why he was so happy. Like I felt good, but I also knew I was in a life between lives session and I just saw a past life and I'm in the tunnel of light. I'm excited for what's coming up. And so Eric said, well, ask this being like, why are you so happy? And so I asked him, why are you so happy? And he just like, eyes full of so much love, just like reached out and like, pinched my cheek and was like because you're here and it was like the moment he said this this like wave of like unearthly love like ancient all-knowing I see every part of you and I love every part of you the most convincing beautiful all-encompassing love that I've ever felt just like blasted into me it was amazing and I found out his name was Daylo and since then Daylo and I have had many interactions and I think Daylo is part of his lesson here or part of his role in my life more like is to really help me be light Playful, But also do the work and do the work in like a light, playful way. And when I say the work, it might be recording this podcast or working with a client, but it's also like just the work of what it is to be a human of like connecting with other people. Whatever it is that you have to do, whether you're doing like healing or spiritual work or you're working at a corporate job or you're working on a relationship or you're working on a role, being a parent or being a child, whatever it is, is like take that play in that lightness with you. And there is so much strength and motivation and productivity in it. And it's like this really great um, self-filling Like the more light you are, the more playful you are, the more you're going to feel motivated and inspired and in tune and open and ready and willing and seeing and you won't be distracted and just all of these good things that come from it. And I seeing him in that tunnel was just like overwhelming because it was the first time I ever felt that kind of feeling and it's been such a blessing because feeling that I can, I have the memory of it like I can even though it's not as strong as it was 5 years ago I can still feel that in me and that is still a par- big part of the fabric of the relationship that I have with Daylo and it just it feels really really good and knowing that he's there with me knowing that I've seen him so many times since I feel so fortunate And so good, knowing that he's in my life. And I just, I don't know, just telling my meeting story with Daylo just fills me with so much joy. So that's when I first met him. And it was, I just, he was so happy and inspiring. It just left me like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) But then it became clear that he was my guide. I was told later. And I don't remember if he told me his name then or if I got it at the end maybe I'll maybe I'll find out reading these notes but it was a really really wonderful meet up with him or re-meet with him it wasn't the first time obviously we keep moving down the tunnel of light and out to the opening into the life between lives and right at the opening into the life between lives was Ramen, and Daylo kind of handed me off to who is my other guide and his name's Raman and he is or shows himself to be, to me, very tall, kind of a blonde bowl haircut, question mark, definitely way more human looking than Dalo. And if I had to say who he looked like, it's very much like 80s He-Man vibes. Even though he's like in blue robes, he very much has like a protector energy. And throughout this life between lives and meeting my spirit guides and speaking with them one of the things that came in is like he's him and Dalo are with me like all the time they're both in charge of helping me learn and grow and if Dalo is more on the light playful delightful side then he's more on like the protection a little more serious side or at least that's my understanding of them now maybe he would change I don't know he has, and I think I, I think this was a recent episode, ramen, for years I thought him, I thought of him as like, you know, if anyone's going to do tough love, which I do not thrive under, <laughs> um, if anyone's going to do it, it's him. I mean, he's not like a tough love person, but if it's a spectrum, he's closer to that end. And one of my past life, or no, it was um, a higher self session, I believe, he came in and like put me in a headlock and like gave me a noogie. sounds so fucking weird to say, but it happened. And it was really just like, and I'm not that serious. So stop thinking of me like that. So I think it's just like a really good balance of just, you know, both sides of the coin is my understanding. Maybe, maybe it'll show me something different later. Okay. So in the space where we first meet up with Raman, one of the questions that Eric Christopher asked at this time was like, in that past life, like if we he had asked me slash ramen these questions of like what could we what could I have done better in that past life like what I was so closed off what could we have done to like open me up more and like change change so I could learn and grow and actually connect with people on on a more fulfilling level for me and for them, because we all deserve that, right? And the question was kind of like, what could I have done better in that past life? And I that took me a long time to get that answer, because I I remember my conscious mind coming in and being like, I don't know how I would do it. I don't know how I would do it. And it was really just this message coming in of like, that life was supposed to open you up more, open you up to feel love and show people love and appreciation. And that friend was put in my path because that friend was able to ignite that within me. Now, since I've had this past life regression, I've had inklings that that friend was either Ramon or Delo, just like put in that life. If you think about it, like, I've never been in war I've never been in the military but I think it would be pretty easy to go there meet someone maybe hear about their family life leave and never ever meet anyone else from their life and I think in those situations like that just like a stranger passing on the street it's like they couldn't just be your spirit guide like taking third dimension form helping you to do something and I kind of since this life between life session, I've gotten that as a intuitive download of like, that was someone who was just put there to help me open up. But for whatever reason, my human self, my third dimension self, my free will on some level was just like, nope, I can't do it. I can only do it with that person. And so I don't know, I I believe that when we open up ourselves to a memory of a past life, we can get more insights, more knowledge, more wisdom in, in the future. It doesn't have to just be in that session. So that's what I think. I think that spirit guides can come down and give us a little third dimension nudge when we need it. And I think that that's what that friend was in that past life. And with that question of what was that disconnect about, the message that I got actually in that session was that the friend in the army was a match sent for me to help me. These are the words that Eric wrote down. A match sent for me to help me, but I was unable to transfer it. So I think to me, it feels like either Ramon or Daylo came down in the third dimension and was like, let's try to get this person to open up a little for God's sakes. And another thing that came up, in terms of what was that disconnect about, was all of these um, memories came in from the childhood of that past life. And in that childhood, there was a lot of kids in the family, and it appeared that in that past life, I was like a middle kid in a big family, because there was like siblings older than me, siblings younger than me, and just these memories were kind of paging through as to like, all the reasons why I felt muted and shut down. Like not only did at some point it become a choice, whether it was conscious or not in, in myself in that past life, but it was like these things in the childhood that also kind of um, helped me to avoid that. And it was like being in that big family and it was very fearful, disconnected parents. And, and it was, like it was like I was supposed to lean on my brother and sister, my brothers and sisters to gain more of that lightness, that feeling of connection. But instead, just because of the way that life unfolded was was that, if and the memories I was shown from that childhood, so I'm making assumptions based on the memories I was shown from that childhood. But it was like I I could remember specific instances where I was feeling, light and open and just having a lot of feelings of joy and all of that with my brothers and sisters and it always ended in like um whether it was an accident or it was like a parent yelling at kids who were you know i don't know what we were exactly doing but like a fearful parent like stop doing that you're gonna get hurt not that that's always bad to say, I'm not saying that, but it was like these parents who were afraid of everything and then tried to control everything. And it was just like this montage of memories about that he took with him, whether they were the, be the same memories that his parents have or not. But these memories that he took with him that were like, every time I do that, I am vibrant. I am having a good time. I am feeling a lot. It started to be like, those were the times when he would also get in trouble and so he stopped feeling like that and doing those things that would light him up. And then it kind of worked in this way of like, oh, when I don't do those things, I don't get in trouble. So then it was like avoiding the things consciously or subconsciously that help you to feel alive. And instead, you just never feel that way. And so it's difficult to feel that way ever. So that was that was kind of the lesson there was like, just enjoy the good parts of your life and enjoy the good parts of your life like fully and notice when like that negativity starts pulling at you right I think we can all on some level look at someone or something that we love and when we think of if we pause and just think of like how much we love them and just get quiet for like even a minute it's like most people's minds will tailspin into, oh my God, what if I lose this thing? What if this thing dies? What if someone takes it away from me? What if it leaves me? And I think that that is common and unfortunate, and I don't think it has to be common, but it's, it was really just this idea of like, you do that, Gina, so stop doing that in your current life and know that if there are negative parts of life, know that when they come, Oh, bless you. I got a little four-legged baby in here, snorting and sneezing. She just woke up from a nap, very dramatic. Oh goodness, squeaky on and all. And a shakeout. I'm going to leave all of that in there cuz I just love that little baby so much. Okay. So the lesson was just like knowing what it felt like to be so closed off. And choosing in this life as Gina in 2015 to be like, I'm gonna try not to feel that way. (laughs) And you do that by actually letting yourself enjoy the parts of your life that you love the people, the places, the things, the activities. Like really be in it and enjoy it and actively work against anything that tries to pull you out of it when you're in that moment, right? So if you start to think, well, I could lose this thing. This could all be over tomorrow. Just hit pause on that and know that when that happens, you'll figure it out. When that happens, you'll make your way through it. You will live through it. You will be stronger for it. And don't let potential doom that may or may not happen in the future fuck up this time that you're trying to enjoy right now. And that to me was just a really clear, just a really clear lesson when that was brought to the forward part of my mind where it was like, yes. And just this willingness to be open, to feel that pleasure and feel that freedom. Even if on a scale of one to 10, it's on a two, if I work it on a two, eventually it'll be a four and then it'll be an eight, right? It's like that muscle memory of the nerve pathways in our brain. It's called neuroplasticity. And so that's, that was interesting that um, that was the past life I saw. And that was the big lesson in that life. Since one of my intentions for the session was help me live in a more joyful way every single day. And it's like, yeah, you can. You just have to want it <laughs> and then do it which is so in alignment with so much of the other spirit guide guidance information insights that i've gotten about my own life and having the fucking amazing honor to like be able to sit there and listen to what my clients spirit guides say to them is like it's always so simple and usually the action that we need to take is so incredibly small that it's really easy from the human point of view to be like, oh, it's too small. It doesn't matter. It's too small. What's the point? But really, it's like anything that can create a profound impact on how we personally experience our life is often incredibly small and subtle. Like, yes, of course, like someone can get a wrecking ball taken to their life, but two people with that situation are going to handle it in two different ways. And it has to do with like their internal landscape and changing the way we feel and changing our baseline emotions and reactions oftentimes comes down to that, like really subtle, small work. And it's another reason why I love hypnosis because all of that takes place in the subconscious mind. And that's what we're doing in hypnosis is working in that subconscious space. So the only other thing that I'll say about this debrief on that past life, because Eric um, wrote some notes, but man, between my memory and not having the audio recording, I don't really understand the notes, question mark. But this one thing that I'm going to read to you next is something that he wrote down. And in my memory of it, I don't have a memory of what this was or the context for it. But I was like, holy shit, I needed to know that right now. And so it says, it's not the purpose in life to heal all of oneself. It's about just taking off the next layer, bit by bit, and enjoy the process of healing. Rest in the space of knowing that what you need will come to you balance between knowing when to heal and accepting that it will happen on its own in its own time so what I take from that today is like fucking calm down you don't have to solve all your problems right now which is probably not surprising to you but I go through phases of that (laughs) and then um and then it's it's like um A reminder to me that like, especially with certain situations and a few people in my life, I just am having such a hard time to rectify like my soul, plus my emotions, plus why I think this person's in my life, plus I can't make it work. I can't feel good around this person. I can't feel good in certain situations. And sometimes I just feel like, oh my God, am I going to attract the same shit in my next life? Oh my God, I don't want to. How do I... and for me with healing it's really easy to like push 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 overthink overthink and for me the practice at least right now is like ease off the gas spend time alone in quiet know that what you need will come to you and that's really it's it's wasn't a it was a part of my life then but not on a conscious level that it is now I, at that point in my life, I, I've just always been someone who's had a dog that needs to be walked or at least my entire adult life. And so the same is true today. But now when I take my dogs on an afternoon walk or if I go on an afternoon walk alone, I'll either put like really easy music that can like easily drift in the background or I'll just have no music on. And I'll just kind of just let my mind wander and think. And And I've had this confirmed by um, uh, psychic that the, well I've actually had it confirmed like three different ways that this is actually what's happening but my spirit guides come in and actually talk to me during that time and so it's been really interesting where when I'll set out on a walk and I'll be like just thinking you know just letting thoughts flow in and out and being able to discern between like what's a Gina idea and what's like a little more divine <laughs> what is not of the third dimension And it's pretty interesting how that can flow. And so for me today, when I read that, not remembering what the context of that was five years ago, I just think like, man, I needed that reminder today of like healing is taking action, understanding yourself, all of that stuff, which is why I love this work and do this podcast. But also, we don't have to do all the heavy lifting of our healing. Like sometimes it is, especially if you're someone who push, 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 go, 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 why, why, why? Always questioning, always thinking, always reading, always examining, always trying, trying, trying. Sometimes I think part of our work, if we're that kind of person, is to like let off the gas and be like, I'm gonna allow some time in my schedule for simply allowing shit to come in. Ideas, resolutions, points of view, actions to take, ways to look at things and this space like in your brain and in your thoughts for allowing and in our lives, the space in our calendar for allowing can come in as like right now for me, that practice is going on a walk in the afternoon. Um, And depending on my schedule, sometimes that walk will be in the morning or in the evening, but for sure I have time outside every day and Having dogs makes this super easy, dogs that need to be walked and be outside. So I always have time in my day where I'm able to now intentionally like slow down and not always have to be searching and grinding and looking and wondering and analyzing. And instead just allowing kind of that free form thought to flow and then starting to notice like other not so conventional, conventionally Gina ideas pop into my brain. So for you, that could be maybe you like, turn off your radio on the way home from work, or when you're driving around in your car, or taking the earbuds out on your walk, or if you use public transportation, or whatever it is, but like, just encouraging people to spend more time in quiet time, I guess, is what I do, as opposed to like suggesting you meditate, or of course you can meditate, you can do hypnosis, you can do all of that, but really to allow a lot of that healing and different perspectives and ideas to come in, it's like really all about that quiet time. And like I said, that's speaking to me right now, just because it like landed in something that I'm already thinking about, so at the beginning of this, if you remember the questions that I had given to Eric for him to ask me when I was in that life between lives space. So some of the questions that I asked and the way they came in was a little discombobulated, but there's notes everywhere on this sheet of paper that I'm looking at. But when it was kind of like, what are the lessons? why did, what's the lesson of this life? Like, why did I come here? So when I asked that question, it's my memory that my perception was like, there's, you know, kind of like a thing that we came here to do. And I would say five years later, almost, um, I think that there are probably more fucking opportunities for growth and learning, and lessons than we could probably ever count. And it's not only ours, but it's also the people that we influence and the roles we play there. It's just like, it's, it's like this, like I am talking to a microphone and I know there's like hundreds of ears listening. And I think that that's fucking crazy and amazing and powerful. And at the end of the day, uh, many of you, The vast majority of you, I will never know, like on a conscious in real life um, type of situation. But even though I have a unique position of talking to you via a podcast, you have similar things in your life. People you affect who you either don't think you affect or you've maybe never even see them face to face. But just you being on earth, you're playing a role in their life. Even if it's a small role, it's still a role. So when I, you know, after doing hundreds of past life regressions and hearing all the things that my clients get from their past life regressions, and then the, the sweet souls who come in for more than one past life regression, getting to see kind of their evolutional journey, just relative to the sessions that we've done together. It's, we cannot, like, there's no way we could never list all the reasons why we're here. Like, we just couldn't. And that wasn't in my knowledge five years ago when I asked that question. I would have asked that question totally different. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because the answer, I believe, when we ask an extremely unique, specific, pointed question to our spirit guides, instead of overwhelming us with, like, for example like what is the lesson of this life? They're not going to point me to the 8000 lessons. They're going to they're going to tell me what's relevant to what I need to know right now for my highest and greatest good. That's just how that space operates. And so the the answer I got back was a little bit layered and relates to what I was just talking about. But the notes that Eric had written said, it's a balance. One of the lessons in this life is to balance wanting to make things better, but not getting caught up in it. So like wanting to make things better and, and while you're working to make things better, whatever it is, professional or personal, whatever, while you're working to make things better, be in the space of having faith that everything is already okay. Um, Just be in that space and then and not be in the space of being wrapped up into like the negativity that you're resisting, you're fighting, that you're working against. So it's about, yes, be in a space, your life, you're going to be working to help make things better for you, for other people, whatever. But while you're in there, be in that space of like, but everything's okay, as opposed to having the reality or the perception and perception is reality that everything is shit, negative, whatever. And I, if you are thinking like, oh, what's the difference there? Or want to just learn more. I talked about in episode 21, I talked about um, these two different past lives that I saw. And the two different past lives were two completely different past lives. I mean, they couldn't have felt more different. And while different parts of the life were different, decisions were made based on a perception and one was like based on the perception of I'm an outcast I'm nothing these people don't like me and one was based on a perception in a different past life that I saw I saw two past lives in the one session where was this um sense of like I am loved I am worthy and operating from that as your normal or your default And when I read that today of like balancing, working to make things better, but not getting caught up in it, like staying in the, I have faith and I know this will get better, or it's already okay, or it's more okay than I think, as opposed to being in the total negativity of it, it just reminds me of how switching that perception can completely change your life. And if you wanted more on that as a tangent, episode 21. Of this podcast, I go a little bit more into like these two different past lives that I saw and how the mental internal mental landscape really changed every single part of their life, which which is just like when I saw that it was like undeniable how much our perception filters our reality. And that's not only helpful for me, but it's helpful when I'm having a discussion with someone and I just like can't fucking understand their point of view or cannot fathom in my brain why they would think a certain way. It's just like perception is reality. My reality isn't their reality, right? Like I can only do what I can do. My job here is to live and lead with in the most compassionate kind way. That's it. That's all I can do. And then be in faith that everything's going to be okay. And then the next few questions, I'm going solely by the notes, really, mostly the notes that Eric had written down. This is another reason why I wish I had the recorder, because his notes from five years ago obviously would have meant a lot more to me five years ago, but um, yeah, so these answers that I'm going to give next probably seem extremely short, and I know that there's probably more there, but... I just have to believe and have faith that it's okay. It's stored in my subconscious mind. I don't have to be able to say it out loud with my conscious mind. Okay, so the piece about being a twin was relative, I guess, to the question where I was like, why did I choose my parents? And with that, it was kind of like uh, those two things were enmeshed a little bit, which of course they are, right? Because Why wouldn't they be? I think things are always probably more layered than we think. But it was about, like, the twin thing was to help me to, like, stay open. So in chaotic times, in high emotional times, and it was clear in the past life that I saw in this session that I'm reflecting on was, like, it's maybe, maybe, I don't know, it's easy for my soul to kind of, like, shut down and just live a numb life to avoid hurt and so having kind of like this built-in partner where we like lean on each other maybe stand up for each other kind of like a safe spot and so that makes sense to me and that's how that felt growing up for sure and then with the parents and just like the life that I grew up in and how that life was was while I see it as an adult, as an adult, like incredibly um, toxic at times, chaotic, um, of course, there were like highlights too, just like anything else. But uh, that was kind of the message that came through was like part of my soul needed that chaos to kind of like um, ignite a fire in me so that it was obvious the things that I could change and the things that. Um, so I guess it's a perception right of like some people believe that they can't change anything and maybe someone in a similar life feels like they have the ability to change certain things it's a perception right and of course there are different types of lifestyles and locations and all of that sometimes we really can't control it but for me personally there were probably times in my life where I felt like I couldn't control it but to to say like oh, these are the things that I can control. Like I don't have to put up with this or I can choose to have more of this in my life. And so really uh, growing up in that chaos, something in it ignited a fire with me within me to pay more attention to <clears throat> how am I being treated? How do I feel about myself? What can I control in my life, in my reality? And just like it seems like all the wisdom that we can get from... The other side from that astral plane from our spirit guides, it's incredibly simple, but will completely change your life experience. The next questions I had were around my spirit guide and just knowing like, how do I get your guidance? How do we connect? And then with that a little further down the line, like how do I know I'm making the right decision for me when I'm like at a crossroads and don't know what to do? And again, I was in the context of like, I had just made the decision to totally shut down or I was actually in the transition of like shutting down my one-on-one wellness coaching and focusing more on corporate consulting. And so I, like I had said before, I I think I said it, oh my God, this podcast is getting so long. I don't even know what I'm saying, but like, I just really... In hindsight can see I was make a decision that wasn't aligned with my soul path. But in hindsight, I can also see the lessons I learned when I went through that. Sometimes we figure out who we are by understanding what is not for us or what we are not, and it was definitely one of those things. So I was really craving more guidance simply because I was feeling so out of alignment. The first part of that question was, who are my guides and ramen he was the one I was talking to and so it was ramen and then I believe that's when I got the name Dalo. maybe is he had let me know like the little creature who brought you through the tunnel of light is also your guide and it was at that time that I was just introduced to those two since I've been introduced to another one and I feel like I've got another one around me that I haven't like made any sort of conscious contact with or I don't know a lot about consciously and i think that'll all unfold but if you want to hear more about my spirit guides and my relationship with them that is in the spirit guide 101 episode which might be like episode 18 maybe 19 15 i don't know it's like labeled spirit guide 101 okay so uh he was and then i Asked Raman, like, how well, how do I get your information? And that's when he told me, like, oh, you know. And whenever a spirit guide says the person, (laughs) whether it's my client or me, and the answer is, you know, I'm always like, no, fuck that fucking answer. I don't know. That's why I'm asking the question. So (laughs) I always ask more questions. Okay, well, I don't know. Could you spell it out to me? How has this worked in the past? And he was like, you even call them downloads. Anytime you're feeling blocked at work, you go on a walk and we are helping you. You know, whether it's your idea or our idea, it doesn't matter. Like you go on a walk, you get the energy moving, you change the scenery and you just let the thoughts flow. And those are downloads. And I would say that. So that was five years ago. Ever since then, every time I go on a walk, I think about that and i can't say i mean of course every walk that i do is not in silence i listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks and alex and i walk together probably once a day so i do go on a couple walks a day but i it, it's like it just it just affirmed that within me and woke me up to something i was already experiencing and just brought my attention to it and so it became a, a bigger part of my life and right now that is kind of like my meditation practice that's my Inner work, that's my checking in, that's my quiet time, that's my reflection. And I think that to me, at least at this point in my life, five years later, it's a huge part of how I connect to my spirit guides. And really, I think what it is, again, is like quieting the mind. I think moving the body in a rhythmic movement can help. I think being in nature is fucking magic for many reasons, and that's one of them. So um, I just got some confirmation around that. And then he told me about daylo, And he also said being in a joyful state um, and not necessarily looking for guidance is when it comes in. And so to me, that's where like the word play comes in, like go about something lightly, playfully, it doesn't have to be productive, right? Like my walk, I don't have to be like, a heart rate of over 140 beats a minute, right? Like I just walk in a way that feels good. I'm just like walking at, if anything, I'm tracking the miles, but I'm not worrying about the speed or how I look or whatever. And I think that that's part of being in that joyful state. And to me, that's funny that, in the notes under Daylo, that's what came in. And he's just always been there. He's just like such an advocate for like play and joy and understanding that while we might not see three third dimension productivity come out of it, things happen that we're not aware of when we're actually in that light, joyful, playful state. And then in terms of making a decision that's right for me, like soul aligned or how can I get insights and guidance and know that it's like from my guides and to trust that when I'm wondering about, you know, which direction to go into. And it was really just affirming uh, the feelings within me. And it was just like you're making the right decision for you when you can make a decision that helps you to feel even more excited, joyful, and interested, and curious, and especially in terms of, like, for me personally, while I I obviously live life on earth, so not everything I do is, like, play or joyful, you know, like, for one, someone's got to take the dog shit out, and I have three dogs. (laughs) So, you know, of course, some things are going to be a grind, but, like, um, just like in terms of entrepreneurship for me, being creative, it's like essentially I'm making my work, right? Like, yes, I have clients come in and all of that. But like I do a podcast, I do so things on social media, I share information in other ways, I do events, all of that stuff. And it's like as long as you're the one creating the work, make sure it's work you want to do. And when I read that note today, I'm like, oh, I'm doing so well. And I think probably when I read that note five years ago, if I were to make an assumption, it would have been like, great, (laughs) nothing excites me. And I think that that is ultimately feeling depleted of joy and excitement and interest. It took me almost three years before I shut down that business. You know, I'm dedicated (laughs) and stubborn as fuck, apparently. But now I can look at it and be like, oh my gosh, that's really how I feel. I feel like, For example, it's, you know, end of September right now. I did a spirit guide workshop at the beginning of September. I was going to do a whole six-week spirit guide course, and it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. Like, I'm excited about the material. I think it's going to be really good when people do it. I think I'm going to run it in January. But it was like, I if it doesn't feel right if it doesn't feel total joy totally sucking me in at this point in my journey i don't need you know 15 logical reasons as to why i shouldn't do it it's like if it doesn't feel right i'm not gonna do it because i'm the one i have to answer to and after um doing things so out of alignment in my wellness career like something just like broke in me like i I can't do it like i can't push through and do it it's like I am fortunate and privileged enough that like I don't have kids my husband has a well-paying job so we are not relying on my income even though I personally rely on my income so I do have that going for me where I can step into it and lead with joy but what's so funny is like I'm so programmed to not see it that way and to feel shame about the fact like I'm not bringing in 50 percent of the household income that it while that's getting quieter, it's still like right now it's going through my head like people are going to be like, oh, I can't do this. She can do it because of A, B and C, but I can't. But I can tell you, you can make more choices in alignment with joy. Right. Like even though I have that ability with my hypnosis work, there are plenty of other things that fill my life. I play a handful of roles in my life, just like I'm sure you do where there's just like some things that are a grind. I just have to do it right. But the more often we can make a decision that leads us to feel more excitement, more joy, more interest, more curiosity, more lightness, more play, more of like the good childlike pure energy is like that's when you know you're on the right path. That's it. It's not that everything's gonna feel that way, but the more you can get in your life that makes you feel that way, That is in your path. And you might be like, well, then everyone's going to want the same thing. We can't all have that. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want kids and I don't want a lake cabin and I don't want four properties and I don't want to travel the world every month. And I don't, there's plenty of things that I don't want to do that many people want to do. And the same is true for you. It's not like we can all have whatever we want. And so there's going to be nothing left. Like we're all so different in our interests and our curiosities. And what lights us up is that there's plenty to go around. And I see this sentiment echoed in the insights and wisdom that my clients get from their spirit guides and from their past life memories of the sense of like, how do I know I'm on the right path? And it's like under get to know yourself. And from there, you're going to make better decisions and choose the decisions that make you feel light and playful and give love and share love when in doubt, make the compassionate decision. (laughs) You know, these are all really simple ways of being, but that's all part of the path. And really, I think when people say, I just want to make sure I'm on the right path, I think people what really people want is to know what that feels like so they can live more in that. But oftentimes we don't think of it as like our path as a feeling. We think of it as like, a what's the next step? Should I take this job or that job? It's like your spirit guides don't care what job you have. Like, I'm always a little sad to break it to people, but they don't care. Should you take that job or not? They don't care. Like, they just want you to be happy, use your gifts, learn and grow, get to know yourself, be compassionate. That's what they want. And you know what? That's what we're going to get that fulfillment, that happiness, that purpose-driven life, that's where we get it. Sometimes that overlaps with what we do for our work, but a lot of times it doesn't, and that's totally okay. And you know who gets to make that call if it's enough or not? You, baby, you get to make that call. No one else can. Okay, so the other, ant- the other questions that I had, Okay, the next one is how to be a great partner to Alex. And in that, I also kind of wanted to know, like, what's our connection? What's the purpose here? And while I don't have the purpose, I do, since, you know, the five years that has passed since I asked this question, at that time, I had never experienced a past life regression where I saw Alex in a past life. So what I saw was like, uh, what came up was like, he's not in my soul group but we're like soul group adjacent, I don't even know what that means. Like literally, I don't really know what that means. Uh, In a life between life session, it's really common for people to, what I hear, this was not my experience in the one LBL that I'll call life between life session that I facilitated In the one where I was a client, I didn't get anything about spirit groups or spirit families or soul families or soul groups, however you say it. Uh, For whatever reason, that information never came through to me. But like Alex, it was like, we've had past lives together and we're always connected. And the thought in the vision I saw was like little gingerbread men. You know, when you uh, fold up a sheet of paper, cut out a gingerbread person and then unfold it. And it looks like they're all holding hands. That's what it was. And it's like, you're always together and you're here to like support each other and help each other learn and grow just like in your own paths. And what I just want to say, too, is like something I've said a few times to clients and to myself, I guess, the last, I don't know, a couple weeks has come up for whatever reason where it's like, if you're wondering like, oh, but I have a soul contract with someone, how should I act or am I fulfilling the soul contract? You're fulfilling the soul contract when you can show up, be authentically you, be kind, be compassionate, be you. That is how you fulfill a soul contract. You don't fulfill a soul contract by shutting down, by um, abandoning, all of that stuff. But I will say, if you're in a soul contract with someone who has used their free will to not learn and grow, then there's nothing you can do about it. That's it. Then you got to save yourself. And then you just got to kind of figure out, like, when is that happening? You ha- We all have to learn how to discern when that's happening in our life. And you don't have to figure it all out today, I think is another reminder that I'm getting. And so you're getting it too, is what I'll say there. The next question was about like, I had another question was about like blocking myself, specifically in business. Like, that was a big, a big question in my mind as I was going in there because, like I said before, I was kind of shifting where I was in business and how I operated. And it was just really a reminder, again, to like be aware of the negative things, be aware of the things to look out for, to fix if you can, but really focus on the good. Focus on enjoying the process of growing, of growing as a person, of growing as a business. Just like this process of growing, see it as like an unfolding of yourself and just like continual growth into what it is to be a human and all the potential that one life holds. And so again, it's really about like having faith that like on a bigger level, everything's going to be okay. Being aware of things that might come up or be fixed, but your focus is on enjoying the process on like the good things. And that, that sentiment, again, it, it hit in this session, but it's come up so much for me and my clients over and over and over. And then the last question, wrap this baby up, was like advice for a bad day. Like when I used to just feel that inner shit talker. Well, when I used to believe that inner shit talker, and then I would just feel it, and sometimes I would believe it, and then I would just feel it. And now I don't really ever feel it, but every once in a while I feel it, but I never believe it. Um, But when it's around, it feels like shit. It can feel like real shit. It just brings... Just brings me down and so the thought there was like when you're having a bad day when it feels like you're the only one when it feels like you're alone when it feels like no one cares this is like the damaged little kid in you and at the time i was just like the fuck does that mean <laughs> uh, as i'm sure it means i have a ton of inner child work to do which is probably also the same reason why the thought of doing inner child work just makes me want to like do everything but inner child work. Like I just want to scrub the toilets and like brush the dog's teeth. I don't want to do inner child work. (sighs) I'm sure that means I have a ton of it to do, but I, I have done a little bit over the years, but it just, to me, it's just not where my interest is right now and it's a message that I've gotten in this session that I've talked about before, where it's like, if you're interested in something, follow that. If you're curious in something, that's a sign. If, and not everyone has the same interests and curiosities. And so knowing that, those are little stirrings from the soul. And to like follow that. So that's what I'm doing. I'm like letting go of the inner child stuff. I feel like I'm still on a path of growth if I felt like I like plateaued or had nothing to work on. I mean, I'd probably be dead. But if I was still alive, then I would do the inner child work. TBD. I'll let you know if I open up to it. I tried doing it a little bit at the beginning of this year. um, But I don't know. I just, anytime I'm following someone else's work who does the inner child work, like something in them makes me disinterested. And it sounds like an asshole thing to say, but it's like the truth. I don't mean any harm. Just... I think that works, not where it's at for me right now. Right now, I'm open to it in the future if I become interested in it. Okay, that's it. This might be my longest podcast episode yet. So what I want you to know mostly from this is like the life between lives. If you're interested in more see episode 17, I plan on getting certified. So if you're interested in maybe doing a session with me in the future, go to pastlivesandthedivine.com slash subscribe because the people on that email list are going to be the first people who hear about it. And I know I've said this before about the podcast, but I just am feeling called to say it again. And I share all of this, not only in this session, but just about my progress, healing, anyone else who's on the podcast, any past life stories. I think, you know, I share this because I don't believe that, The only way we can heal is like through trauma and suffering. I do think that that's an extremely effective way (laughs) to get a human to wake up. But I believe, and it's my experience, that I can read other people's stories, listen to other people's stories, whether it's past life related or this life, and learn from it and take that learning and take it with me and use it so I can try to avoid a little more suffering. And so it's really just that reminder of like, anytime you're listening to someone else's journey, like take with you what feels good, what helps you feel better in your daily life. And just like anything else, just kind of leave it to the side. Just leave it right there. Just take what you need and leave the rest. Well, everybody that is our episode today, the longest episode, maybe, Okay, I can't thank you enough for still being here and for being in my orbit just in general. And you know my favorite part of these conversations is hearing from you. So if you have a comment, if you want to share what you thought about it, if you're on my email list, you can just hit reply to that email that tells you about this episode. Or you can hop over to Instagram and you can comment or send me a direct message, guide. Um, But to be honest, if you have a question or something you really want a response to, the best way is email because I've been noticing, um, I've forgotten a few DMs on Instagram just because I never go in there unless I have a notification and then I deal with that and then out. So if I don't deal with it right away, I miss it, right? So if for some reason I don't uh, respond to you, go to com slash subscribe and then I will for sure respond to your email. But I I will most likely respond to your DM on Instagram. And then if you thought of someone in particular while listening to this, if you have someone in your life who you think would like this podcast or this episode, it would make me beyond thrilled if you shared this episode with them. It's the easiest, one of the easiest things you can do to support this podcast. Most of all, thank you so much for listening and being open to the power of your past lives and all of our eternal soul experiences while we walk this earth together.